Good morning and welcome in, everybody. Today, we're going to take a look at a passage of Scripture, but before we do that, I wanted to ask you a little question. How many of you have attended a school and sat down at your desk while the teacher was instructing the entire class? As he taught you materials, they were in the process of edifying you. To edify is defined as providing moral or intellectual instruction to somebody or to improve, especially in religious knowledge. But although teachers are trying to build their students up, sometimes children are going to need correction, just as the children in your own home. And this reminds me of the Christian life. Some people can be edified and corrected with a simple admonishment, but others need to be rebuked sharply in order to attain the desired effect. Titus 1 verse 13 says, This witness is true, wherefore rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith. To edify others in the church is to build them up in their faith, which at times may require a strong rebuke and correction when needed. Warning people and preaching God's truth is not always going to bring about the response that one would hope for. Repentance. When you correct others, it begins with meekness. But for those who are going to be contentious, it requires a sterner approach in order to protect the rest of the sheep of God. Look at Galatians chapter 4, verse 20. says, I, I desire to be present with you now and to change my voice, for I stand in doubt of you. In many religious groups, they refuse to accept true edification that comes from the teachings of Holy Scripture. In, in fact, many times, when they are rebuked and corrected, they will claim that you hate them. They may even say that you don't love your neighbor, but the truth is that the one who rebukes you loves you more than others. The reason why is because they are telling you the things that you need to do in order to be saved from hellfire. Revelation 3 verse 19 says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. When people refuse to repent of their sins, they might cast out your name as evil or spread lies about you. But when you preach God's word, this comes with the territory. It brings great blessings from God because you're telling people what they need to do in order to save their souls. Luke 6, 22-23 says, Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil, for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. God's wrath will abide on those who refuse to come to His Son, repent and accept the truth of his word. Don't you think that it's a loving thing to warn people before they get hurt? Jesus died for everybody in this world, even the religious leaders of his day. But he rebuked them sharply and firmly in order to edify them so they could correct the error of their ways. Look at Matthew chapter 23. Beginning in verse 29 says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! Because you build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous, and say, If we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Wherefore ye be witnesses unto yourselves, that ye are the children of them which killed the prophets. Fill ye up then the measure of your fathers, ye serpents, ye generation of vipers. How can ye escape the damnation of hell? Now, for example, if you went outside of your house one day and saw your own son hurting your daughter, 
How strongly would you protest that situation? If your son was crossing the train tracks and you saw that he was going to get hit by an oncoming train, how hard would you yell at him? If you knew people were going to die in their sins, how firmly would you correct them? These reactions are caused out of a love for others. I mean, if you don't rebuke your children when required, I guarantee that you don't love them at all. Some people need to be saved by love, while others need to be saved with fear. And this is because they have no fear of God, proven by the sinful and impenitent lives that they're currently living. Look at Jude chapter 1, verse 23. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Christians are commanded to speak the truth with their neighbor. And there's no better way to do this than by preaching God's word. Love speaks the truth, and it takes a stronger person to rebuke others when needed, so they are built up in their faith in order to serve Christ. It is a form of edification because you're building them up in the truth of God's word. When you speak the truth, it's going to cause some people to become very contentious. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning at four, verse 14. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works, of whom be thou ware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. Just as in the days of Moses, those who resist the truth are going to have their deeds completely exposed to everybody. 2 Timothy 3, verse 8 through 9 says, Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. Some people don't want to believe that damnation is their future. This can cause them to run away into the darkness, rather than repenting and coming to the light. They don't want to believe that God is going to punish them for their wicked deeds, so they believe a lie instead, a false and skewed reality of what actually is coming in the future. You can't edify others by lying to them and withholding the truth. Jesus went into the temple and spoke the truth to certain Jews, even throwing over tables. But this was done in an effort to get them to repent. Hopefully they did. John chapter 2, beginning at verse 13, And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to, the, to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables and said unto them that sold doves, Take these things hence, make not my father's house an house of merchandise." So the teachings of Scripture are a spiritual sword that plunges deep into the hearts of the soul. Some, some people will gladly receive the truth, but for others who are rebellious and impenitent, the truth hurts. Let's think about these things for right now. We can be found on your web browser by searching TLKJBC, where you can find our diaries distributed through various platforms. We're not associated nor affiliated with any other religious groups. You can get our entire podcast feeds directly along with transcripts at tlkjbc.com. Or I suppose that you could find us somewhere up here in the great northern Minnesota woods. Peace to you all, and Lord willing, we will talk with you some more tomorrow. Till then, bye-bye, everybody.